Welcome to the show. This is the Hope Radio Podcast. Stories, profiles, and interviews of courage, triumph, and perseverance. My name, my name is Sean Davis. I'm your humble host. And joining me as always, my beautiful wife, my hostess with the mostest. Her name is... Just Jen. Just Jen. And you're along with us as we keep this Hope train a moving on down the tracks. Choo-choo! How you doing today? Oh, I think I'm doing okay. You are fantastic today. You look Super. bright and rosy and glowing and effervescent and pretty. Oh, I'm super fantastic. You are super fantastic Thank today you. on this gloomy, rainy day in May. I know. I thought I, it was April showers bring May flowers, not May flowers bring June gloom. <laughs> Isn't June gloom is a thing? I think it is now, this year. Yeah. 2020 has been a fail. Yeah. Redo. On a lot of levels. We're we're waiting for season two of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> season one is not, no, it's no good. <laughs> I like that. I like it. And for those that need more hope, how do they get more hope, Jennifer? Well, to get more hope, you're going to have to listen to us, right? And how do they do that? They're going to have to hit iTunes radio. iTunes radio, huh? That's I, a thing? iTunes <laughs> I, I, I summed it up. Did, iTunes and iHeartRadio. It's yes, all the same. You you brought it together. <laughs> yeah. Google Play, Google Stitcher, Play. Spotify. Spotify. Why do you gotta say it like that? Because I, I You just, say that like you say the pandemic. I don't say the pandemic. You say pandemic. It makes <laughs> yeah. it scarier. Yeah. So Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. SoundCloud. SoundCloud, yes. And then Avi, Apple. Avi. Avi. What? I was trying to talk. I don't know. Like you're Sometimes like a valley words, girl. I know. Sometimes my words don't Avi. come out right. But uh, Apple Podcasts. You can search Hope Radio Podcast and Amazon Alexa. Yeah. I like that she just plays our podcast. I know. You just tell her what to do. And it's she real it. easy to just sit and listen to Alexa. Yeah. What do you think? I. Uh, she shops for you too. Stop. She does. We can't do that in a pandemic. No, it comes to your door. No, Amazon. No, we don't do that. Okay. We canceled that. We canceled Amazon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we have nothing. <laughs> uh, all right. So you ready for joke time? I'm ready for joke time. I want, I want funny. I want you to blow my socks off. Okay. Blow your socks off. Do you have socks on? Yes. Okay. Hence the term blow my socks off. Okay, ready? Yes. What did 50 Cent, do you know who that is? Yes, I know who that is. Say on National Ice Cream Day. What did 50 Cent say on National Ice Cream Day? I don't know. What did he say? Go shoddy. It's Sherbert Day. Did you get it? <laughs> Sherbert. It's Ice Cream Day. <laughs> I just don't think you really know who 50 Cent is. I know who 50 Cent is. Sing that song. What song? And why are your arms doing that? Because I'm dancing. <laughs> and I'm Italian. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't sing a song. You know, he go sings. shorty. It's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday. Keep going. Sh but it's Sherbert Day. Yeah, I, if you have to explain it to me that much. I just then don't it think you get it. Because it's it real funny up in it here. it wasn't funny. It was super funny. I'm going to remember that. Okay. When I explain my next joke to you, I'm going to remind you <laughs> that it was super funny. Okay. All right, you okay. ready? Yep, ready. What do you call a pig that does karate? Um, You're not supposed to wait that long. A 
It's not a science pork project. Chop. <sighs> a chopped pork. Pork chop. Hiya. Why do you get to ruin the jokes? Did I do it right? Yes. I got the answer? Yes. Oh my gosh. I totally won. <laughs> I totally won. <laughs> that was a give you. I gave you that one. No. That was the easiest joke I did. I thought. See, no. when I think, I, I can figure things out. The awkward, long, silent pause does not I was thinking pig, and then I thought bacon, but I'm like, no. So I have a question. Chop, if your yeah. mind works 20 times faster than mine does, mm-hmm. why didn't you come up with an answer faster? Because I processed 55 things but at once. But your mind works, what? I was processing 55 different scenarios How at were once. there 55 different scenarios over a pork chop and a pig? There was. How, name five. <laughs> it just pops into my head, and then I want to go through each one. It didn't. It didn't in, pop fast enough. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, you you're not in my head. You don't know what's going Thank on up in there. Thank goodness. Yeah, it well, drive me batty. I had to go through every single scenario to see which one I thought would be the answer. Oh my gosh! All I know is I won. I totally won. You fine. I'll give you that one. But I won yesterday's, and that's all that matters. Sherbert Day. What? Sherbert. That was not very good. It was not a, an awesome one. <laughs> okay, shoddy. <laughs> it's your birthday. How do you make me laugh and drive me crazy at the same time? Because I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to our guest. I've got a fascinating guest coming on. Mm-hmm. You ready for this? I'm so ready. Her name is Danielle Martin. You can find her at True Boundaries. Dot com. That's her website. She's an athlete, former pro surfer, inspirational speaker, model, soon to be author. She's about to launch her book, True, from the Inside Out. And you might have seen her on uh, as a host on Dirty Jobs and Gravity Games on NBC. I mean, when she fell down the talent tree, she hit all <laughs> the branches. This gal has got some skills, and we're excited to talk to her. But she's on a mission. She's on a mission to bring awareness to domestic violence. Her concern is right now in the midst of COVID and in the midst of stay-at-home orders that there's never been more incidents of domestic violence Mm -hmm. occurring than right now. And so she wants to speak to that and she wants to tell people that are in those situations what they can do and how to get out of those situations. So I'm super excited to have her on the show. Yeah, sounds great. Should we call her up? Should we get her on the line? Let's do it. All right, here we go. All right, I've got Danielle Martin on the line. Welcome to the show, Danielle. Good morning to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, you are welcome. And I was so excited, and I know Jen was too, to have you come on the show. I mean, you're a motivational speaker. You're an expert in personal protection. And I think your your conversations on intuition and using your intuition to kind of alert you to personal protection type events or situations. I mean, I love it. I was really, really excited to have you come on the line and talk about that. And so we're, we're eager to hear what you have to share. And I know you were saying right before the show that uh, one of your concerns right now is domestic violence. And Jen and I had talked about this a little bit before this had all happened. We had mused that this whole COVID, the stay-at-home orders, et cetera, could bring some families much closer together. But then on the opposite side, we also imagined that there's some families where the kids being home, it's not a safe place, and now they're not in school. And so maybe you can shed some light on, on what you know on that subject for us today. Yeah, I absolutely can. Domestic violence and child abuse 
sadly, during this time, we're at an all-time high. And we wish that it could be, you know, the first situation you spoke about, which is allowing this situation to bring us all closer as families and, you know, with the people that we love and to appreciate and have gratitude for those very, you know, basic things that inevitably are the core and foundation of a lot of our happiness. And here you have people taking advantage of that and being destructive in this situation and during this time. And, you know, I just, I want to encourage people that if you see or know of something like this, you can do something. I think a lot of people see it and they don't understand it or can't relate to it. Or even if they can, they're just like, I don't want to get involved because they're scared. And you can call authorities. You can say something for someone who maybe isn't strong enough to say it for themselves or ask for help themselves. The child abuse situation, a lot of kids, they escape child abuse by being able to go to school every day. And when you take that kind of channel away from them and that place of to be able to get away for the day, and now they're stuck at home 24-7 with this abusive person, it's really scary. Kids have died from child abuse. Kids are being tormented in these situations and absolutely crushed. So. It, it crushes me to know that. It, it crushed me to see the statistics and, and that domestic violence and child abuse are at an all-time high. It is the reality, and there are things that we can do. And I just encourage you to have the courage to pick up a phone and call authorities and at least make a report. You can do it anonymously, you know, especially for the kids. You know, they don't have that voice where they're standing. So if you could be that for them, that would that would be huge. You could save a life and, and change a life if you did. Well, I think I think in addition to just the more kids being home, I think that there's an augmented or accentuated challenge with today in that there's really less visibility too. So like I'm just thinking about the, the problem in general. So let's say domestic abuse. And now there's many different ways domestic abuse can be uncovered. You know, you've got a, a woman that may be going to work and all of a sudden she's wearing extra makeup because she's got a bruise on her eye or whatever. But with everyone staying home, the kids are home, the mom's home. You can't even really go to the hospital for routine visits right now, you know, because everyone's afraid to be around the hospital, you know. So sometimes when you go in to see a, you know, your doctor for whatever, they'll ask, you know, are you being a abused, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So I would see, I, I would think that the mediums under which you could know that this is occurring as a friend, yeah, you know, like you're just not seeing people as much. And the only way you see them is on social media. And then they're probably not being real on social media as to what's going on. So I, I could see it being a, almost a really almost hidden problem in this current environment, less ways for it to come to the surface. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think so, you know, basic situation awareness. We live in neighborhoods. We know who our neighbors are for the most part. You see people coming and going and people are outside and doing their thing. And it's just that kind of situation, situational awareness, looking up from your phone, paying attention to somebody else and noticing, you know, if you don't see the kids or the kids are not coming outside or not being seen, or you hear yelling or screaming um, in the evening, you know, just Give attention to it. One thing a perpetrator doesn't want is to be compromised. You know, they don't want that. Watch watch their body, you know, watch their body language. Watch, you know, the way they're talking or saying or posturing at somebody else. You could be sitting in your office or working from home or look out the window and you can you can see a lot of things and your intuition is going to let you know quickly. You're going to pick up an energy and you're going to feel it. We get the hair standing up on our neck or, the, you know, our arms or the goosebumps or you get that innate feeling that runs through, you know, your chest, your soul. 
And, and that intuition is not lying to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very true and it's very real. And we've all felt it. We've walked you know, down the street and you pass a stranger and they might not do anything wrong to you, but you feel you feel like something's not right with them. And we've always, you know, we always have that kind of our ego, like, oh, that I didn't even do anything. You're such a jerk. Why are you making judgments? Why are you this? Why are you that? Or, or something like that. We try to talk ourselves out of it, but it's, it's real. And I think there's a lot more that people will pick up and a lot more they know than they realize they know. Just because it's not obvious doesn't mean nothing's going on. How do you hone that skill? I mean, I, I think that that's a central theme throughout all that I've read about you is this is this intuition, this knowing. I know you've worked with the CIA. I know you've worked with FBI missing children's groups and that you you speak about children and, and women in general. But, you know, like I'm interested in, in knowing how you have developed that knowing, that intuition to the point that you have, because I think that that's a really, really good example yeah that a lot of people could could work on it's that that and it's hard to describe it's that knowing in your spirit when there's no without tangi- judging yeah with no know? tangible reason yeah. to justify it, but it's just this certainty you I, know I, I that's like a gut check like i i have that you have that oh, everybody I, I think so. well i think everybody has it but i i think you can develop it more and yeah. i feel like danielle has has I'd done love, a lot of work in I'd doing love to that i learn that well, I've paid the consequences for ignoring it. You know, I've learned the hard way with it. And I think when you become a mother as well, or a parent in general, we're all born with an intuition. Mm-hmm. We are all born with it. And it's that voice inside of us that tells us right from wrong. And a lot of time our ego is what overrides it. Like, no, I got this, or we're in a bad relationship. And I can, I can do it for both of us. He's doing this, but it's okay. I, I can be kind for both of us. I can love us for both of us. I can... I'll do it. I'll take the brunt. I'll fix it. And that's that ego talking in us. And I think people associate ego with something negative. And it's not always negative. But at the end of the day, it's not where our strengths lie. Our strengths lie within our intuition and being able to not just hear it, but to actually do what it's saying and and not overwrite it. And the more times that you can do that, the better you get at trusting it because you see the outcomes. You know, intuition is kind of opening the door to here's the right path over here. And we're like, um, okay. Or we're like, no, I'm going to go this way. I'm going to do it my way. And, and so when you said spirit, I think it has a lot to do with that. I think our subconscious knows what's best for us and our conscious and all the different things on the outside manipulate and tempt us for that immediate gratification that, you know, humans seek. It, it takes a lot of discipline to go, hey, my gut's telling me no. And even though in the immediate it seems okay and I want to do this or I or I can handle it or I feel like it, it it's just you're going to learn. You're going to learn the hard yeah. way at some point. I think the universe will continue dropping you on your head until you <laughs> are listening and respecting. And that's just a higher power pushing us towards more of where, where we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to be doing, like our purpose. Our intuition, being able to listen to it and then trust it and, and allow it to guide you, allow it to keep you out of harm's way. Mm-hmm. I made mistakes not listening to my intuition and it got me very hurt by another person. You know, I got thrown from a moving vehicle, teeth knocked out of my face. Like I understand what it's like being in a domestically violent situation and loving that person and forgiving them and the manipulation that goes on when they do something to you and then how they win you back. You know, I remember there was this wheel of domestic violence or something and it was almost painting my story and, and describing this person and the actions they took against me. And, you know, one thing it did, it just, it absolutely shocked me. It hurt me that 
I had allowed myself to be around someone like that because I didn't have the tools. I didn't know what I was doing. And it wasn't even that long ago. It was five years ago. So here I am going around speaking about bullying and anti-bullying and how to deal with it and how to protect yourself. And I was so good at helping other people, helping them save themselves. And here I was with the biggest bully on my shoulder and in one of the most dangerous situations. And I felt like such a fraud. And, you know, my intuition and my ego were battling because my ego was like, it's okay. I got to forgive him. I got to forgive him. And, and it wasn't, it was never that. I needed to forgive myself. I needed to not seek the immediate gratification. I needed to respect the process and really respect my intuition and what it was telling me and, and be brave enough to go listen to it. So there's different degrees of intuition and what it's telling us and why. But a lot of times it's, it's just trying to help you. It's just trying to keep you out of harm's way, no matter what it may be. I mean, we could be on a hike and it could be like, don't go that way, it's dangerous. And your intuition's like, oh, go to the right. Like I said, there's different degrees of it, but it can get to places when you're not listening to it of very life-threatening situations. And, you know, learning the hard way is, is always a way to learn. But I tried to set up a preventative platform for people to, you know, give them the tools that I wasn't taught. I wasn't taught boundaries as a young girl. I didn't understand what that meant. And thankfully, for most of my life, I was surrounded by extraordinary human beings doing extraordinary things. And me, myself, that, that was my life. So I wasn't affected until later in my life. And, and I wasn't, you know, I was out of my career and raising kids. I'm a single mom. You know, I do it by myself. And, you know, just being kind of vulnerable in a new city where I didn't know anybody in town and just not feeling as comfortable as I could for so many other reasons. And on the outside, it's hard when you're an athlete and you're doing these great things and you've done great things. People underestimate, you know, that you possibly could be in a bad situation. They just don't think it it can happen. And, and so it's very lonely and it's very scary. And, you know, I, I have a lot of compassion and empathy for people in those situations, but I also understand how dangerous they are and that it's selfish, especially when you have kids, not to take that harder road and say, I'm going to do this, not just for me, but for my kids. As parents, that's our responsibility. Thank you so much for just sharing, being vulnerable and sharing a little bit about your story. I guess the question that that comes to mind for me since you have been through the fire yourself, since you've experienced that yourself, maybe you can walk us through some of the steps that somebody can take to rise out of that. Obviously you're not in that situation any longer. Um, And so it, it would be, I think important for somebody listening that may be in a similar situation right now to understand how you got out of it, how you rose out of it, how you changed your life to be where you are now. I, you know, I got thrown from a moving vehicle. And when I came out of it, I heard God's voice. I, I was sitting in the middle of the street in the cement. And I just kept saying, like, what did I do? What did I do wrong here? What have I done to deserve this? And I remember God just saying, you need to get up and you need to, you need to walk forward right now. And you need to not look back. I have a huge purpose for you. And I need to know you know, I just got my black belt that day and I must have smiled too big or something. And uh, it offended that other person so much to want to destroy that day for me. So I just remember God saying, that was not your black belt test. This is, and I have some, a serious purpose for you. I need to know that you can get up right now and move forward and trust me. And you get to such a desperate place. I've always had a faith, but I, I heard his voice like he was standing next to me and 
you know, I picked my things up from the street and I jumped down this little cliff and I never looked back. I called 911. I took every step to follow through no matter what my emotions or, you know, self felt that day. I completely ignored it. I obeyed and listened to my intuition 100%. Um, it, I had complete strangers calling me from across the country, um, seeing and knowing what I had gone through. And they were just encouraging me. I trusted it. I, the people I thought would be there for me were not there for me. People do the whole, I don't want to get involved or sorry that happened. And it's different if it's their sister, their daughter, their wife, it happens to They're going to treat you differently. The people you think will be there, they just weren't. And you got to be prepared for that. It's a deep dive into the human will. And I think one testament to that is that the human will, we are capable of so much more than you could ever imagine. And you don't really know that until you've been pushed or forged into that space and you survive. And, and sometimes that's what it's about. It's about just surviving it. You have to lower your expectations and you have to absolutely raise your standards because we are limited if we are playing a sport to someone else's expectation or operating under someone else's expectation. I think we can embrace an expectation but we need to raise our standards. And I think people's column or list, I would say, of expectations is much larger than the list of their standards. And if that's lopsided, at some point in life, no matter what it may be, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to come up short of peace, of happiness, of all these things. And the number one thing is, is you have to know that you deserve better. I never thought I was good enough. I maybe didn't. I doubted my value for a lot of different reasons because of how I was treated by certain people and starting you know, as a little girl. And I think we have to recognize our own value. You have to take accountability. And accountability is self-leadership. And I think a lot of people don't want to make decisions. They don't want to be the one to say this or that. And I'm telling you, life is not Instagram. You're not going to get a like. You're not going to get a comment, whether you do or don't or how you do it. It's just, you've got to step into yourself. And it's uncomfortable. And one thing martial arts taught me is how to be comfortably uncomfortable. And to understand and trust my limits and trust me. Because when you're in a fight, it's you or the other person. And, and in life, it's, it's you or all of them. And you really have to put your mask on like the airplane says first. Help you and then help the people around you. Because what's not good for you is not good for your kids. It's not good for the people around you. You know, and there's yeah. all these philosophies out there. I work in sports. I do mental skills and mindset coaching for some of the best athletes in the world. I work predominantly a lot with the MLB. And... You know, it's about setting our intentions and taking actions. So number one, what do you want? What do you want in your life? You got to get past the, the nonsense of I'm not worthy. I'm not this. I'm not that. Stop being a victim. You're not. You can get up. You can leave. And even if you leave with nothing, it's better than staying there because you have nothing there in the first place. I think that's a great point. Yeah. But let me, let me ask you one question. I'm curious as you reflected on that on that relationship, were there warning signs that you now see in retrospect that could be warning signs or signposts for somebody right now? Like how how was there something that now behavior wise? I'm just curious if we can key in on something that might alert someone else that they're heading down a path that could lead to being ejected out of a moving vehicle. Yes, you know I saw signs in the beginning. I just I just, my, my ego told me, oh, he's not going to do that. He has a business. He has a daughter. He has a life. He, he has people watching him. He would never do that. 
Sign, I mean, like people, control signs. Like, did he control behavior? Did you, yeah. did you it, like what you did or where you went or right away, right away, just like, oh, you, you know, if I was standing outside of a bathroom waiting for him at a restaurant, a guy walked by and said, hey, how are you this evening? Just had, I had no control over somebody talking to me and being nice. And he would come out and lose his mind. It would be my fault. If I was at Starbucks in line, I remember one time this like 60 year old man was like, you have such a pretty smile. And I said, oh my gosh, thank you. That's so nice of you. And, and, he, and he like got in the car and he goes, let me ask you something. He's like, you think you're pretty? Do you think you're pretty? Like the meanest things. Wow. He's like, you're disgusting. He goes, there was women in there. There's so much prettier than you. Why do you think that guy came up to you? Like just vicious things being said to me. I think what you need to realize if you're in that situation is that that behavior 100% does not reflect you. Mm-hmm. It is them. That is on them. But when you're sensitive and you're, you're submissive to this person and they're constantly pointing fingers at you, complaining about you, making assumptions about you, creating situations, the what if, what if this happened? I bet you would do this. These are, these are all such irrational behavior tendencies of somebody like that it's sociopathic go read about a sociopath read about a narcissist and if you can match these things to the person you're with just know this they don't decipher you from a piece of furniture it's not like they are they love you they don't love you you have to love you they don't love you and they're not capable of loving you these people are not capable of it they're damaged they're sick they're whatever but it's not up to you to own that or make excuses for them Get your kids and leave it's, or leave. It's almost like they just try to break you down. So you become they break weak. you down and then they build you up. Yeah. When you're broken. It's not fun for them. Right. It's not fun anymore. So that's where they, they pay up. I'm so sorry, baby. I'm so sorry. I won't do that again. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Babe, I'm sorry. Can I get you this? Can I do this for you? And they act and they do this in public. Mm-hmm. So they'll do that in public too. They'll act like they're such, they're so kind and sweet with you and smile and be the life of a party. So it makes it harder for you to go to people and say something because that's not their experience of that person. Usually you're people a, are the life of the party. Yeah. It's, it's a nightmare. It's a true nightmare. Mean, meaning, you know, in other words, the public face of this person makes you think you're being crazy or someone would think you're being crazy 100%. By to, to, to share it because they don't see that side. Or they'll tack it up to, well, they have problems. They're both this and that. They don't see the monster. They don't, perpetrators don't want to be compromised. Right. So they don't get to see what you see. They don't experience, unless they're around you a lot, then they might see a tendency. Or if this person drinks, they do slip up. But then it's, oh, I'm sorry. I don't, oh, she's so, she's this. They'll still talk highly about you. But to you, they will put you down and they'll break you down just to build you up. And then the, and then it, and it continues. They don't discriminate. The minute that you are broken down, they come back again. They don't stop, but they don't, when I said discriminate, meaning they don't care who they're with, as long as they're scaring you and able to beat you down and have the opportunity to do so, they'll continue doing it. It does not matter. And it'll be the next girl or the next guy or whatever. Women do it too. In other words, don't so, hope that it's going to change. He's going to change. He's going to do no. this or he's going to do that. Or it'll get better. Me. It gets more violent. Because even if you try to get away, it was after I got away from this person that I started getting physically attacked. 
I was getting notes left on my car, stopped a restraining order. They, you know, disobeyed that. And our system's very weak. Calling 911 doesn't keep you safe. I fought so hard for a restraining order. He convinced people to lie to show up for him in court. Um, it's a nightmare. The system is not going to keep you safe. You have to keep you safe. You do. They will not. There's so many of these cases. Calling 911 will help you get away. It'll it'll open the door, but you inevitably have to be strong and, and you have to make those changes for yourself. And they're difficult. These people go around and they, they usually have a big smile and they're just, they, they isolate you. That's what I was going to say. They isolate you right away. That's another big sign. They'll, they'll come into your life. They'll meet you. And then, oh, everybody in your life is this way. Or why, you know, that guy, I didn't like that. Or your friend, she, she's this, she's that. They'll start isolating you away from your closest people in your circle. And they'll make you feel bad when you need to go to work or when you need to do this. They start taking control immediately with little tiny manipulative comments and, and actions. Very powerful what they do. I agree. Jen, were you, were you going to say something? I was just wondering, like, is there any help for these people? Can they be fixed? Can they? Are... You want to know the sad answer to that? Yeah. They don't think they have a problem. They yeah, don't I figure. think they have a problem. You know why? Because there's too many Kool-Aid drinkers around people yeah. like this. Because they are the life of the party. Yeah. And they're so good at hiding it. And they usually align themselves with professionals. Their friends are doctors, lawyers. They're these powerful people that empower them. Right. And they, want, they, and they act like angels around them. They'll go out of their way to do things for people like that. People in powerful positions. So that when stuff happens, oh, look at, look at the credibility I have. Look at this. Look at that. Mm-hmm. It's insane what these people do. It's almost like you can't make it up until you've been through it. And that's why people are like, oh, why does she stay with him? Look at that. It's like you really don't understand what goes on. Even the mental damage on somebody. They're exhausted. These people beat you down, build you up, beat you down, build you up. It doesn't matter if you're sick that day. They come at you just as hard, if not harder. You know, at one point, I remember I had gotten sick with Lyme disease and I was on infusions 14 months, five days a week. And I remember him going, when are you going to die? I just think you should die. You would make it, you just, it'd be easier on everyone around you. You're so boring. It's like you're sick, but then I'm not sick, but then I'm sick. And the way they talk, if you cry, they mock you. You used to cry in my face and mock me and put me down. And then the next hour, be bringing me flowers to my house when I would try to leave and doing it in front of people. So then you feel like I'm a jerk. Oh, it's so nice of him. Is that how we always act when you guys get in an argument or something? Wow, I need to up my game. Ugh. And you're standing there and you're just like, uh, you're exhausted. Yeah. You don't know what to say. So you say nothing. You don't know if it's better to stay, if you're safer staying with him or running from him. Because when you run, they chase. They will come find you. And it makes them like crazy. Yeah. It makes them worse when Any, you leave. So it's almost, know, it's, it's almost like the, um, um uh, the analogy that I imagine is remember those, uh, Chinese finger cuffs, like you, you put on your index finger <laughs> yeah, and the more yeah. like you pull and they, yeah. and they, they stick, the you know, squeezes. like, yeah, you the more it squeezes. Yeah. And I, and I just, you know, I, I'm reminded of that. Like when you, when you make an effort to retract, when you make an effort to take back some of your own control, when you make an effort to take back your life, like th- they'll come at you twice as hard. And, and I, I see that, I hear that. And, you know, I, I, my mind's just racing, listening to your stories. You got to drop silence on them. You yeah. got to drop silence and do not respond one time. Don't speak to them. Don't explain your side. Don't defend yourself. 
you ha- they're irrational. Your rationality of leaving and the reasons behind it will never make sense. All you're doing is giving them information to be able to spin on you and manipulate you with. And they'll use your own words against you. They will find a way. They're clever. So the best way is if you leave, do not look back. There's never an excuse. Oh, I still had to get my this. When you leave, bring everything you need with you. Do not look back. Do not give them an excuse to talk to you. And make don't give yourself excuses to talk to them. I mean, did you did you have to change everything? I mean, you had to change your email, your phone, your this, your that. Like, like I just imagine, almost I, I see a car heading off to Nebraska somewhere. Just, just no, to you know, I did run like that, and and for me, he, he's small. I had to just get my inner power, mm-hmm. and I carry a gun. I got a license to carry a gun. I schooled myself um, up on combative and learning how to use different kinds of weapons. I thought. It really hurt me to know that I had reached this level of supposed, you know, self-defense in some ways. And I was defenseless in, in a vehicle. So I went back through the terrifying situation and asked professionals, what could I have done here? And they showed me. And I did it. I relived the whole thing, did it all again, and then just kept going down that path. When you get attacked like that, it changes you. It changes you. You know, I... I have a zero tolerance for bullies and people who think it's okay to flex on other people or put people down for their own gain. You know, I, I just, I can't stand it. It's a pet peeve of mine. It's close to my heart. I have major PTSD from it, from the situation, from anything revolving around it. I've seen him in public. He's so small and disgusting. He can't look at me. He won't. And, and the times that he did outside of court and times that he had opportunity to be in my space, he would laugh, he would heckle, he would, you know, and that's just insecurity. That's mm-hmm. just immaturity, insecurity, and it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. I think he is afraid of me, to be honest. I think deep down inside he's afraid of me and never imagined I would leave, I would stay away, and I would take it to him. You know, I, I put him to the fire by ignoring him by taking the high road, by not engaging with him one time or anyone who engages with him, I do not engage with. They're not welcome around me. If they come up to me in public, I walk right through them. I don't, I just, if they try to say something to me, most people that are still kind of dealing with him, they don't, they, they have shame and you see it on their face. If they see me, they act like they didn't see me. And, and at first for about 60 days, that was really difficult for me, but you know, it, you evolve, you raise, you rise to a higher level. My standards rose. Therefore, I just don't even, I feel nothing when I see them. I'm not scared. I'm not worried. I'm not angry. I'm none of those things. And, you know, I didn't spend time trying to forgive those things. I forgave myself. I, I said, what can I do differently? And I did it. I aligned my intentions with my actions and I was, I'm receiving different results in my life now. And I'm in a completely different place doing things that empower other people. And I have the ability to do it because I walked through the fire myself. I didn't turn back. I didn't, I wasn't vindictive. I didn't seek revenge. All those things are too easy. You know, it's too easy. I have zero tolerance and and it's on me. It's on me to raise my standards. It's on me to not attract people like that or go give people like that the time of day. I think what I would like to know, and I'm sure our listeners would love to know is, the resources and or the advice 
the action steps that you would give if somebody is in that situation? If any of those warning signs that you talked about, somebody's living right now, what can they do? I think they need to find anywhere to get out of that situation. I mean, all of them are so different, but getting away, getting out and not making excuses for it is tough. I mean, I know there's people who are like, well, I'm, I'm dependent on this person. I, they're, they're the breadwinner in the family. This is our home. This is where we live and he pays for it. But you've got to really, you've got to really look at the situation and say, what's worth it? Because I don't know long-term how people survive a situation like that. I don't, it's not a quality of life. It's, it's nobody deserves it. I don't care who you are or what you think you've done. You don't deserve to be treated like that. You have a value. You have a purpose in this world. And it's not meant to sit there and be under someone's, you know, muscle while they flex on you, all their insecurities. That's just what it is. Yeah. When people are insecure, they're mean. Yeah. When people are insecure, this is how they behave. They're insecure. That's all it is. It's like a grenade that goes off and it all these shrapnel hits the people closest to them. Because they don't behave like this outside of that. They just don't. I've and watched I, the act. I've you, seen it too many times. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I and I think I think it's especially important when you have children because yeah. it can create a repetitive yeah. um, chain. In other words, you know, children that are in and around abuse and it's normalized often become abusers themselves because they think that's the way that they're supposed to live or that's the way that they've been modeled, etc. So I think that even if you can't, even if somebody can't muster up the strength for themselves to muster up the strength for their children, if their children are witnessing this or involved in this or seeing this, I think is, is huge. Yeah. It's kids will grow up thinking that's acceptable and that they should take that or they deserve that. And, um, you know, they're, it's, it's far and few that you have kids that are going to grow up like that and then go, I'm going to go the opposite direction of this and just be kind. I, I feel for kids in that situation. I feel for anyone in that situation, but the only way to make it stop is to leave. That's the only way. I don't know how you stay there and, you know, walk someone through it. I remember one time I said, you need help. You need, <laughs> like, the way you behave is unreal. And it was in a moment where he was like acting normal and I brought it up. I said, you know, the way you talk, the way it, I just don't understand why you feel the need to be this way, why you need to do that. He's just like, I know, I know, I, I know that's not nice. And he would agree. He would agree. And he's like, how am I going to be better if you leave? I'm not going to have anybody to be better to, to practice being better. And like, it, it just doesn't matter what you say to them. They're always going to have a grip on you with their words, their actions, with, just everything. So it's just, you just have to leave. You can't rationalize. You can't reason with crazy. It's a crazy behavior and it's beyond unacceptable. And yes, you do have responsibility to your kids. You do, you know, but again, I say that, but I know so many people who are so selfish and, and they, and they stay and they stay and they justify it and they make excuses for it. And then they complain when it happens again and again, it's the victim mentality. It's, it's all around us. It's all around us. And it's it's like its own community and none of us can control it. We can't even really influence it. That's how thick gold some of these people are, especially victim mentality type people. You have people that play a victim and nothing even happened to them. It's just always yeah. someone else's fault. It's always this. It's always that. 
And I think that is an easy out for a lot of people. Oh, well, you know, this is this. And he, he's nice sometimes. I hear that so much. I don't think you'd really do that to me. And then these people are getting their asses beat on a regular basis and they will still make excuses. So it just, you know, and then you start talking or trying to help or empower someone like that. And again, it comes back to, you can't rationalize with an irrational human being. And some people are just, they are that same way, just in a different way. It's weak. It's weakness. And there is, there are those people. It's what reflects that weakness reflects. And you're able to go, Oh, that person's really strong. And they're really this, you know, it's just, those people are going to exist. I, I like to help the people who want to be, and I hope that people like that are listening to this and, and they say, you know what, it, there is no other way. Cause I know with their, their intuition, we spoke about it earlier. Yeah. It already knows that it already knows that. Yeah. That, that moment you that know? God talked to you, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, I just, it's that still small voice. It's that knowing it's that, that, that idea that comes into your head that does not seem like it was an idea that formed from your intellect. It just appeared. It was there. But yet you have this knowing that it's from God. You know, that point, you know, when you said, when you said, get up and just walk, like you need, you need to walk like that, that, that specific instruction. He said, trust me, you do. And he had told me I had a purpose and and it's like, he pushed me straight to it. And every single day I just, I relied on that. And I just, I said, I'm not going to question that. I don't want something worse to happen. And I know God's like needs me for something bigger mm-hmm. than me. And, and he's not going to stop. You know, I have these giant broad shoulders. I'm like, this is why, this is why, why am I built this way? Why do I, why am I this? Why do I have to go through this? It's like, you have to surrender to something bigger than yourself. You know, I'm, I'm here. I'm supposed to do something. I'm supposed to leave this world better than when I came. I have two boys to raise. I've been blessed with them and I have to be my best for them. They're my legacy. And, and beyond that, I have a greater purpose to, to do something here. And, and I knew that I I didn't deserve what happened to me, but, but it was like, God was like, I I don't, we're not going to discuss about this. Oh, woe is me. There was none of that in the voice. It was like the most loving voice, but he's like, get up and keep moving forward. You got to trust me. Yeah. I think that that's one of the more important lessons to, to know, trust that voice, trust that knowing. And I think that this is actually a good time to bring up the national domestic violence hotline. Um, that number is 800-799-7233. Again, that's 800-799-7233. Did you ever yourself call one of those hotlines? Did you ever let, you know, authorities know before you were, pushed out of the car? Did you ever, you know, reach out to any resources that way? No, I reached out to fellow people in his workplace. And I thought that when they talked to them, him and they say, Hey, Danielle called us and said, this is what's going on and taking place. He would be so embarrassed and quit doing it. And he laughed it off. She's so tough. Come on. I just shoved her come on, come on, you know, that whole thing. And they're like, well, you know, that's kind of more than what she said. You know, you did a little more than that, but, you know, just don't do that. You just need to not do that. And, and yeah, I know, I know. And then he came to me and he's just like, if you expose me, I'll kill you. And, oh you know, I didn't reach out to any hotlines because at the end of the day, he would show up at 2.30 in my house choking me and look at me and say, do you see how quick it can happen? Stuff like that. So, no. And, and on the top of it, I was so embarrassed because here I am speaking to Girl Scouts, women's groups, 
you know, domestically violated women in safe houses. I was going to those houses, seeing these women, the way they were living. I had an, an ex. I was afraid if he found out, he would think I was putting my kids in a dangerous situation. And, you know, the telltale is this: I never once brought him around my children. And that should have said everything to me. I never brought him around my children one time. He never came around my kids. And the fact that I never even fathomed bringing him around them. And, you know, I just, there's a lot of different components of why I think I allowed that in my life. But at the same time, and I knew it wasn't going to be permanent. I just, I didn't know. And I kept thinking, well, the next time we get in a fight, I'm just really going to break up with them because, you know, I'm just going to do that. And then it I would always think that next time, next time I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. This is how there's times I got away from them for four or five months at a time. And then here we'd come back and I would think I moved on. If I tried to date someone else, there'd be notes on the guy's car in the morning, like just crazy notes, the most mean note you could imagine about me with LOL laughing. And it, the text message I got, like I presented all these things in court and, and, they didn't even prosecute him. He didn't get arrested. They're like, well, you have a black belt too. And you have equal training that he said, she said, there wasn't a witness. The witnesses were threatened by him. There were witnesses. And, and, you know, I, I didn't get justice. I, I didn't, I, I fought. But so you got hard. away. You got away. I got you know, away. And, you got away. You know, and, and I know I did. And I think getting away is why he's scared of me and why, you know, I just, I don't care what he thinks. I really don't. I'll, I'll never care what he thinks, what he's doing. I don't care. Like, go be happy somewhere. I, I, it's just, and I will never attract someone like that again. It just, it never happened to me before, and it will never happen to me again. And, and it's a personal choice. And we all have that personal choice. That's a privilege. Yeah. It, it is. And, and, you know, I'm grateful for the smallest things. But, you know, that's my mindset. And, and we choose that mindset. That's what we do control. My attitude and my efforts. That's it. And people that think they control more, they're delusional. So as you as you reflect back on this and you think about our audience listening now, you know, in the midst of COVID, in the midst of stay at home, et cetera, you know, just what would you say? I mean, I, I want to give somebody hope that th- there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I think you're a testament to that. I think that the fact that you did get out, that you survived, that you're away, that this person's no longer in your life on a day-to-day direct basis, I think is, is huge. I think that's a win. I think that's a, a positive. So, you know, what can you share with somebody that's listening right now that that may be their life presently? Is it run? Is it, is it get out? Is it, is it anything else that you want to make sure they know? Yeah, it's leave and don't look back. However, you can, however, it might not look good. It might be uncomfortable. It might be all these things, but you will get stronger every single day. The minute you're away from that toxic energy, you just, you just will. There'll be clarity for you there. A way will present itself. Even if you don't see it right away, a lot of people overanalyze, overstructure things. And they never start something because it's not perfect. And then nothing gets done. That happens in business. So that happens a lot in these situations. It's like, well, I don't have another house to move to. Where will I go? You know, go somewhere. Go anywhere that you can go. Go to a friend, sleep on a couch, do this, do that. Some things and opportunities will present themselves. When you're looking for it and you put it out there and you're willing, it will present. But you have to do the work. You have to respect the process. You have to understand it's not going to be an immediate situation. There's a lot of healing. First, you get away from this person. And there's tendency for, you know, we've seen, I forget what it's called, but you've seen like kids that get kidnapped and then they miss the kidnapper. They, 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 
I don't know what that's called. I, I know there's a term for it. Mm. So it's, there's that uh, there's that thing where your emotions start messing with you and you're like, I, I really do love them though, or I really feel this way, or I feel sad. You got to deal with the breakup of the situation too. And you got to anticipate these things. It hurts. Yeah. You know, it hurts. There's, there's, it there's pains. a grieve. You got to grieve the relationship, the loss of it. You know, there were, there you were do. bright spots. I mean, there was something about the guy that you liked. There was something that was endearing, especially when they were on, especially when they were trying to build you up. There's something that you connect with. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, but if it was always all negative, then, you know, it's almost like a, uh, you know, horror movie. But, you know, the fact that yeah. there was positive to it is is what kept you emotionally connected. And so when you do leave, there is that loss. You're grieving that loss. And then to your point, you've got to get rid of all of that negative baggage that was put upon detox. you. Yeah, that you know, you the words. You know, you're not worth you think you're beautiful, you think this, you're you know, you're disgusting, you're this, you're that. Like you almost have to rebuild yourself and your vision of yourself. And then that's yeah. when you start living the life that you always wanted to live. I mean, I, I, I hear you. I feel like you are living the life that you were meant to live now, but you had to get outside of that situation to be able to, to come into your own, to really fully own your strength, your independence, you know, your, your um, vitality, you know, your, your, your true life, your true self. Yeah, the, the inside matches the outside now. I think that's really what took place because I think people just see you and they assume one thing and they don't know. And, you know, I was always good at being that chameleon and hiding the adversity going on in my life and not letting people in or letting them know or not asking for help. That was a huge thing for me to do is to say, I do need help and to admit that I did. And, and, you know, it's just, it's growing and growing hurts when we're little kids and we grow, we're tired, we eat a lot, we're sore. You know, when we grow on the inside, it even hurts more. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it's just, you got to anticipate, you got to anticipate walking through the pain. And, and the main thing with pain is just keep moving, keep moving. Stay connected, reconnect with people. People that are in abusive relationships, they're isolated. They've disconnected from the people that they know love them. And the people that love them don't give up. They're not giving up on you. They're not. They're waiting for you. They're yes. waiting for you to get away and they will help you. Don't feel embarrassed. Don't feel like, well, I told you so, and that's what you're going to hear. Be humble. Be humble and leave. Go yeah. say sorry for disconnecting with you. I, they, it's almost like even if they didn't go through it, they see you. They understand. They will love you. They will be grateful that you left. Yes. It won't be a, I told you so. They might be thinking you're going to go back. Don't go back. Get yeah. out and keep moving forward. Great advice, Danielle. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing some of your truth, some of your personal vulnerable truth. I'm sure that was not easy. I'm sure it's not something that's fun to relive, but I think you speaking your truth and sharing what happened to you and sharing your message is going to help others. And so from them and Jen and I to you, thank you. Thank you for, you know, coming on the show and, and speaking about this because I think it's a super, super important issue to talk about right now. Thank you. I, I agree. You know, it's definitely not my most fun memory and it's not the one I like to relive. And, and, you know, I don't give, I don't speak about it a lot because I don't give power to that person. And even that I care because I really just don't, the damage is there. The scar is always going to be there, but it doesn't hurt me anymore. It's definitely, you know, even talking about it, I feel, you know, your stomach turns and the emotions are definitely right there. So it's just always going to be that it's painful. And I, I think that 
I'm always growing and talking about it maybe as many times as I am asked. It's rare, but, you know, I feel even that more of growth and, you know, raising my standards and encouraging and reminding myself to do that. Everyone deserves to live their best life and their best life is going to be determined by what that person wants, setting intentions and taking actions to do it. And those actions aren't always just going to be super fun and super easy, but the result is going to be so worth it. And especially if you have kids, you owe it to them. If you can't do it for you, do it for them. Well said. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and thank you for your message. I mean, I think it was awesome. Thank you for having me. I truly appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you for doing what you guys are doing. I think it's really important, especially during a time like this, but just in life in general. You're doing something with purpose and I'm always happy to be a part of anything like that. So thank you. You're welcome. Well, Jen, what'd you think of our interview with Danielle? Just wow, right? Yeah. I honestly think that, you know, women empower women and there should never be a next time. So if you're ever thinking like, you know, when's the next time going to be? Meaning in a domestic violence situation, like there should never be another time where somebody attacks you verbally, physically, you know, throws you out of a moving car. Should never be a next time. You should never be thinking in your mind, well, I wonder when the next time is going to be. It just makes my heart hurt Mm -hmm. that there are people out there that do that. And there are situations that people are in like that. I mean, Mm -hmm. I could not believe. And for somebody, for her vulnerability to talk about how she you know, talks about self-defense and self-awareness, et cetera, but how she, she ended up in that kind of a situation. And then, you know, she has to be kind to herself because I think it could happen to anybody, but you know, I think that's why she's so passionate about the mission. You know, if you're in that situation, Mm -hmm. get out that uh, your focus should be singular, leave, get out, be gone, go to your network, go to your friends, go to your family, just get away from the situation yeah. as fast as you can. And trust your intuition. Like I yeah, really like, you know, like your strengths lie in your intuition. Yes. I love that. And it's so true. Yeah. She's, she seems like such an incredibly strong person now. Like she's oh, been she forged yeah. in fire. Going through mm-hmm. something like that in your own resilience, yeah. your strength, your, you know, ability could, to rise. I could hear it in her voice. Like yeah. she's very strong. Yeah. Yeah. If she was a singer, you'd be able to hear that history yes. in her voice. Yeah. Right. That's what you're talking about. Right. I heard it. I heard it too. Well, thank you so much, Danielle, for coming on the show. And uh, we very much appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I think your message will resonate with folks. So if others want to hear more about our podcast, they can connect with us on Hope Radio podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Correct. Correct. And if anybody knows of a guest that we should have on the show, a story about hope, a story about perseverance, a story about overcoming, thriving after disaster, any of those types of stories, we would love, love, we need Mm -hmm. you to uh, DM us. What does DM mean? It means direct message. It means send us one of those little messages on Hope Radio Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. Right. You know somebody, tag them in our post. Hey, you should be a guest. Exactly. I know we met Danielle because we had another guest on our show and they and Cornell yeah. said, you should talk to Danielle. Yeah, that's primarily how we are getting our guests is because everybody else is referring them to us. So I told you God would provide. He's I providing. said that we're getting lots and lots of guests. Yep. All right. So you ready for my uh, thought of the day as we close out our show today? Always. 
So here's the quote. Self-pity gets you nowhere. One must have the adventurous daring to accept oneself as a bundle of possibilities and undertake the most interesting game in the world, making the most of one's best. That's hmm. Henry Emerson Fosdick. Oh, I like it. Do you know him? Nope. Me either. <laughs> I liked his quote. He has a great quote. Yeah, absolutely. So, Jennifer... I think we should keep this hope train and moving on down the track. Should we do this again tomorrow? I think it's a great idea. Me too.